Welcome to the Habits of Success podcast, where we talk about different habits and how you can use them to change your life. My name is Ian Warner, and I'm your host. And today, we are going to be talking about my story and how I came into the world of habits. Now, I, I, I was sitting there, I was actually writing about this, and I thought about it. I was like, man, I never even really told this story to the podcast. Like, how did I get here? How did I get to this point where I'm obsessed with helping other people to develop habits and, you know, building this app and uh, got my own course, all, all these different things that, that are going on with the Habit Stacker. And it all really started when I was 12, going on 13 in that age range, um, right before I got into high school. Uh, that summer, I believe, going into eighth grade, I was playing football. And here's the thing. Every two years or sometimes it'd be every three years, depending, uh, you end up on a football team because it's broken down by age, right? Uh, you end up with a football team that had three things. One, a, a good coach, a group of guys that have been playing together for a while. And then th- that group that group would be at the, the upper end of the age group. And this is what that year was. And I remember, man, we, we were stacked. Like we had so many good running backs. The team was just talented across the board. And I remember, um, you know, my dad was coaching the team that year. Um, my brother was the offensive coordinator. I'll get into why he was offensive coordinator in a bit. My brother's only three years older than me, so he's right in the heart of high school. And there's just so much going on. And I will never forget we were playing a preseason game. So we're not even in the season yet. It's a preseason game against the Markham Raiders. So uh, I'm playing for the Toronto Thunder. And Markham is a suburb of Toronto. Now, I grew up, like when I was really young, I grew up in Toronto, but once I was 10 years old, my parents, so the year 2000, we moved up to Markham, which was a suburb, and we're playing that team that I technically should have been playing for, but I continued to play for the team that I started with. So there's a little bit of beef here. There's a kid on the team that I, I actually go to school with, so it's just, you know, you got to show up. So game kicks off early. Um uh, I know. I, I know. It was actually a night game. I apologize. So the night game. So kickoff goes, and we 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 get up on these guys quick. Like I remember, I had two touchdowns. I believe within the first quarter, uh, we spread the ball around to some other people. Everything was looking good. Offense was sharp. Defense was sharp. We we just we had to knock a little bit of rust off early on, like any preseason game, and. Um, we come to the middle of the second half. We're up by at least four touchdowns, and I'm um, jogging off the field. And my brother, who's offensive coordinator, is like, yo, one more play, one more play, go back on, go back on, one more play. So I'm like, okay, cool, one more play. Let's finish this thing up. So the play he wanted to run was a screen. A screen is a play where the O-linemen intentionally allow the D-linemen to get in. Anybody who's blitzing, you just let them go after the quarterback. And what they don't realize is that the linemen all go to the left side of the field and they create like a new wall. So then what I would do, I would also let the line, I wouldn't block anybody. I would let them go by and then I would sneak behind them and just go tuck in behind that that, that new wall that's forming. Then bam, brother would throw the, then not brother, sorry, the quarterback will throw the ball to me. I catch it, turn, and I got all these blockers ready to lay some people down. So play worked out great. Ended up getting a 25-yard gain and it honestly was really close to getting broken for a touchdown. But here's what happened. So 
there is a dude coming at me. I'm on, I'm on the left side of the field. There's a dude coming at me, and I'm angling like towards like the left corner of the end zone. And there's a dude coming at me from the right side. So I'm getting ready to plan on my left foot and then cut back on him and go towards the right so that he keeps going left and he can't make that direction change. And, you know, done this a million times. Problem is, bam, I plant that left foot in the ground and a guy comes and from, the, from behind me. And this very rarely happens. Like, I was a faster athlete, so it was rare that someone ever would tackle me from behind when I'm on an open field like that. He comes from behind and he dies for me, grabs my left leg that's planted, and he rolls with it. And at the same time, because I was slowing down because of this guy, the dude who I was about to make that cut on was able to make that direction change, and he grabbed my upper body. So now my upper body is getting held up, and this dude rolls with my left leg and snaps that thing. So I'm sitting there. I got a, I got a, I got a um, spiral fracture of my left tibia, and I'm in like crazy amounts of pain. I'm just in agony, just hurting, 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 hurting. And I'm like, just, you know, I grab my helmet off. I threw my helmet. I, I had a skull cap on because I used to have dreads. I throw that off. I'm like, this is ridiculous. Like, I'm just in tears, like just going off. Cause and, and to this day, by far, by far, this is the most amount of pain I've ever been in. So bam, trainer comes out and she's like, and this is kind of funny thinking about it, but she's like, oh, I think it's just a sprain. He's going to be okay. My mom, who, who used to be a nurse, but obviously just knows me well. I have a very high tolerance for pain. She's like, look, the amount of pain this guy is in, I guarantee his leg's broken. So they picked me up. Um, I, all I remember was a blur because all these people were coming up to me saying, hey, man, get better, get better, get better. And uh, I remember, like, it was a night game, so, like, there's a lot of tears in my eyes, so it was just blurry. I could just see the lights. That's all I could really see. I get to the hospital, and if you know anything about Canadian hospitals, when you go in the emergency room, it's just always packed. That's the one thing with free health care is that there's always people in the hospital, always people coming through. And the way they do it is they always serve kids and and people with really bad injuries first or old people. And, of course, on this night, all I'm seeing is old people and little kids. <laughs> so um, I, I ended up having to wait with a broken leg for a couple hours. It was at least two, three hours. So finally I get back in there. They put this x-ray thing on me, and we end up finding out, yeah, like, no doubt, this guy's leg is definitely broken. So I'm like, dang, they cast the thing up, and I'm like, all right, well, you know, that's that season. It's over, but it gets even crazier. I go back again for a checkup, and they're like, man, like, we looked at your x-ray. And this is another doctor. He's like, we looked at your x-ray, and it's actually a little bit worse than we thought. Um, I had the spiral fracture, but I also cracked down through my ankle, which went through my growth plate, which would cause problems in the future with me growing. They're like, we got to have surgeries. I'm like, dang. I go in, and I and I remember, I'll never forget this. I don't know why, but in that moment when they told me I had to have surgery, I cried for, like, four seconds. And then I was like, why are you crying? Like, it was just dumb to me. And I was like, yo, you just got to go through it. So we go out of the surgery. I come out again. This extreme amount of pain. It was just a weird feeling. Um, and I always remember this too because this summer, um, while I was in the hospital, the biggest blackout in North America happened that weekend. I don't know. Like some of you might be too young to remember this. Some of you might remember it, but it was like huge. Like all the Eastern Seaboard, like everything just went out. So that happens. So because of that, I ended up just going home a little early. Um, but I missed that whole football season, and. Um, I ended up having to have surgery on it again to take the plates out. I missed another football season. But in that time, here's what happened. In the book, The Power of Habit, Charles Duhigg talks about um, the power of crisis. And 
I think it's chapter six. And what he mentions in the power of crisis is that good leaders use negatives and like very bad things that happen within a company um, to change, to create um, change and build new habits. Because a lot of times people won't change if they don't see a reason. But if someone dies at the workplace or there's a huge fire, they give an example of a, of, of a train station that had a huge fire and a lot of people died. Like that's so tragic to people that when you're coming with a lot of changes, they understand why those changes are coming in. So within my family, my parents, this is where they're geniuses, they're G's. When I had broken my leg, the reason my brother was offensive coordinator, because a year before he had a, and it might not even been a year, but um, definitely within a year for sure, he had been playing basketball and he um, had a, a tibialis, uh, what was it, tibialis? can't remember what it was, but basically right in the front of his knee there, that thing popped off and it was a bad injury. It was not good. And uh, he has that injury. So now both like he was in a cast on crutches and had surgery. Same thing for me. And what my parents did was they used that moment right there. That was, that was it. That was the teaching moment that they used to say, look, if you guys want to be good athletes, you cannot just rely on your talent. Because at that point, we both just relied on our talent. We, we Yes, we trained, but essentially we just showed up and did our thing and we were good. I was scoring a lot of touchdowns in football, so I was like, well, I don't need to train. I don't need to do anything extra. But in that moment, my dad was like, look, this could have been prevented if you would have trained. This could have been prevented if you would have been eating properly. If you would have been taking your vitamins. If you would have been doing these things. So immediately, that's what my mind locked into. It said, wait a minute, I had something really bad happen to me. That was the most pain I've ever been into. I don't want that to happen again. So I'm going to listen to what he's saying. So I started taking my vitamins every day. I started eating better. I started working out with way more intensity. And I took it way more serious than I ever did. And I started sleeping and taking that part serious. So those four things came from that one moment in my life. And really... It was a form of habit stacking as well. And I'll explain that because what I realized is, well, if I'm going to take my vitamins, the best time to take it is to pair it with something I already do, which was eating dinner. So I eat my dinner and then I'll just bang, 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 bang. I pile up with my, my pile of vitamins, take them. Before I go to bed, I always started stretching. And that's something I carry with me pretty much my whole career. But I, I would stretch right before bed. So the cue for me was, oh, man, I'm getting tired. As soon as I, I started getting tired, I'd grab my stretching rope, start stretching, and then I'll go off to bed. And um, that is when habits came into my life. Now, a lot of that, and here's the difference of where things get powerful. Some of that you could say was my parents bring it into my life. But one, it was definitely self-directed. Like I, like they showed me what to do and they gave me the opportunity and the window to do it. And they provided me with the resources to get it done, but they didn't force me to do it. I still took the ownership and did it. But even before, but even after that, once I had gone into high school and I completely owned it, I completely took it on, um, took it seriously. And then what I did was, uh, I had four years to practice this building habits and we can get into that um, because there's so much to this. But what happened from that point in my life and I didn't even know it was that I just kept scaling the habits up, scaling the habits up because I had, I had, I had a big goal. First thing, I wanted to get a scholarship. I wanted to get a full ride. I wanted to get my school paid for. Did that. And then after once I was in school, I wanted to make that 2012 Olympic team. 
And I did that. But in order to do that each year, I had to scale up the habits. I had to improve them a little bit and while maintaining the ones that I already had and just get 1% better with each one. And then by the time you get four or five years down the road, it's exponential how much better you actually are. So um, I want to make sure I told that story so that you understood, like, this isn't something that uh, I'm just talking about. Like, I lived this. Like, I literally would wake up every single day and just rely on whatever happens, happens. And that happened to me. And I realized that you can control the outcome to some degree, that there's something that you can do. But what it's going to require is you showing up for some things every single day. And that's exactly what I did. So we'll get more into that story. Um, You guys, I appreciate you guys listening. I appreciate the love you guys have shown, the time that you guys have uh, spent listening to this podcast. Um, And if we could do anything better, we want to do that. Hit me up, IanMourner310 on Instagram, Twitter. I love the chat. If you listen to us on iTunes, which I think the majority of people do, please, you know what to do. Go leave us a five-star review. That goes a long way in helping us to reach more readers. Not readers, duh, more listeners. (laughs) All right, you guys have a good one.